Hey, bros and hoes. This is Jasmine. Um, usually you have a great intro with me and Liz being funny together, but instead you get me all lonely because I deleted everything we did together, except for the podcast. So you still get awesome commentary on today's happenings, but you don't get any commercials and no fun intro. So I hope you still like it. Okay, bye. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Facts on Facts on Facts. We back. <laughs> Are we going to keep doing that mm. Eminem intro every time? No. no. Nope. We, no. Saw, we said we were going to stop and we're not going to do it, even though I bait you every time. It's so tempting. I bait you every time. So uh, here we are. We got mics in our faces. We got some really facts cool. on paper. We're ready to roll. <laughs> we're ready to roll. <laughs> do we, what it do. Yeah. Just a heads up. It is late. For I mean, it's 8 p.m. Okay, let's be real. It's not that late. But for <laughs> us, and mostly Liz, it is creeping into night bedtime hours. <laughs> yeah, my bedtime is around 9 o'clock, uh, 10 o'clock if I'm nasty. But... <laughs> Oh, you nasty. You're going to be nasty tonight. Oh, the nasty Liz. No, so <laughs> I do because, you know, even though we're in California, I work on East Coast hours for, you know, the only two people who haven't heard a thousand jokes about L.A. traffic. Uh, it sucks. And the only way I can avoid it is literally by driving into work at 5.30 a.m. And even then there's traffic every single day when I go there, but just not as much traffic as when I was, you know, leaving at 8 o'clock. Actually, fuck that. I would never leave at 8 o'clock. Shit like show. Seven. I remember driving to the AIDS Healthcare Foundation when I worked there from your house to be there at 8 a.m. in the morning. It was the worst. I was driving 10 miles, and it took me like an hour and a half. Dude, the only, only good thing is that I hatched so many Pokemon eggs. Because <laughs> I would be going at like 5 miles an hour for 20 <laughs> miles. That's true. That's true. So, so I would batch a shit ton of Pokemon. Fucking cheater. <laughs> I was just here. like, set this to go, and I'm good. There's people over here Let losing listen. weight yeah. and shit. Cashing Let eggs and Liz in her car. <laughs> and that's how you do it if you're an L.A. nerd. Yes. So, L.A. adjacent nerd. Yeah, so all of that is to say that Liz gets up way early. <laughs> I get up early enough to be tired at this point. Or I'm just fucking tired of, of like life right now. You know what I mean? Got shit going yeah. on. So, yeah. But, you know, bedtime. bedtime. We, we um, are not that on top of scheduling <laughs> to record. Nope. You'd think that all of the great feedback we've been getting... I see you guys. Thank you. Uh, you'd you think too. that that would be motivating. Um, but my overwhelming laziness is kind of <laughs> messing with that. Well, it's not just laziness. It's also like last week I was sick and then I was yeah. busy. Like you just life happens. You get busy. Yeah. Thank God for this every other week thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, this is we did it this past weekend and we're doing it this week. Right. No, we didn't yeah. do it this past weekend. I mean, we this is this is when we would have been posting it anyway. Yeah, true. Had we been great at our posting schedule. Yeah. We'll get back this on is it. A, 
This is a really fascinating intro, and I'm glad that we did all of this. I'm sure everybody's uh, really <laughs> happy to hear these intricate you know, details. I was listening to our old podcast, and I was like, we've been doing so much better. Like, yeah, what the fuck were we doing? I mean, like, the meat of it was really good, but we were just, there was so much, like, dead silence on the podcast. Just, I mean, I mean it, ta- it, takes, it takes a while. I guess I say because we're experts now. We're not fucking experts. We're just we're nope. used to talking to each other. That's all it is. Yeah. At this point, a coworker brought up. She was just like, you know, it, it's probably hard to find someone that you can do a podcast with, but you guys have the good chemistry for it. Aww. Like, yeah, we do. We do. We do. I said can't. I'm a terrible uh, listener, and Liz talks all the time. So right, no. right. <laughs> <laughs> really, all we do is press record and just let it go. <laughs> We actually were going to have uh, a, a one guest on this week, um, and we suck at scheduling. And then Jose was going to come in. My, my husband, Jose, was going to come in as a pinch hitter, but he is also sick. So I guess it's just me and you. It is the usual. But n- I'm hoping the next time we can have someone on so we can talk about I really, I really wanted my friend on here to talk about Black History Month and talk about her experiences being black, female, and strong as fuck, and working in retail, and having natural hair, and things like that. Like, her experience inspired me, and I kind of wanted to inspire our listeners, but we will have that for another time. We might do a Black History Month episode part two after this, you know, in the middle of fucking March, whatever. Right. But (laughs) still effective, right? You know, still good. Yeah. I mean, what I'm most excited to see is what it'll be like when I'm quiet for most of the episode. <laughs> Me too. I don't. It know will what be I'm an amazing do. feat. I'm not sure that I'll be able to do it, but I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I think every time I speak in that episode, you should just put like a white noise generator on instead. Why would I do that? <laughs> It's like there's the white noise in this episode. You know what? That's so funny because that podcast we didn't record that didn't go wrong is kind of yeah. what happened. Yeah, it didn't happen. <laughs> I mean, really, my nickname should just be White Noise anyway. White Noise. Can that please be like your rapper name? Yeah, White Noise. And you know what my flavor of love nickname was gonna be? Oh my god, what? I feel like you, either you or Kendra actually gave me this nickname. What is it? <laughs> Crackajack. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Flav was going to be like, what's Crackalack and Crackajack? And I would just be like, yeah, going to get down with Flav. <laughs> but um, before I turned 18, he stopped the show. Yeah. And I think so. going on before you turned 18 would have been problematic, to say the least. Right. So none of that. Yeah. Okay, so there's the intro. You're welcome. Also, we have stories, so we're going to go into those. Liz has an actual story. Do I? I don't know, girl. I'm so fucking boring at this point. I don't have any real (laughs) stories. So uh, you go. Okay, so my story is not so much a story as um, I binge-watched all of the most recent iteration of Degrassi over the weekend. The surrounding story is that I have several friends and my parents, well, my mom, 
and my sibling, and they're all really into Doctor Who. And um, what I really like is pissing them all off by, like, <laughs> by putting off watching it and instead watching teen dramas because <laughs> it truly makes them all just just slowly lose faith in me as a person. And I enjoy that. <laughs> it's just really funny. And I keep coming up with new ones to like, because, you know, my original thing, why I said I wasn't going to watch Doctor Who is I was like, oh, I just don't have like a whole solid year to devote to catching up to you don't the show. Need a whole year though. Like start with David Tennant. Skip the other the you know, the other guy, Chris, whatever the Eccleson fuck. Eccleston was great. Yeah, actually Eccleston was great. Okay, so you, maybe you can <laughs> what? Okay, so I know everyone's when I, that's the first thing people are like, we'll just do all the modern ones and then like maybe do the classic another time. And I'm like, Yeah, that's nice. I'm gonna go rewatch all of the O C instead. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and so recently I realized for maximum piss offedness, <laughs> I need to just go for another very long running series. <laughs> Cause that, well, I mean, I, I did, uh, we did Gilmore girls. Jose and I watched all of Gilmore girls. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So that was exciting. And then after that, I was like, well, what's been on even longer than that? I know <laughs> I'll start watching Degrassi cause I haven't seen any episodes before this weekend. Like, not even, even the have, ones that were on when we were in high school. Yeah, do they None even of have them. those on, like, Netflix or Hulu, the old ones? I gotta find out, because I don't know. <laughs> so, mm. I have a friend who really, really loves it, and so I was like, okay, and, and he said to start with the most recent ones, the ones that are on Netflix. Yeah. Um, and it's only, like, three seasons, and each season is only, like, 12 episodes. And I'm like, cool, I can, you know, it'll, it'll take me a while, but I'll still do it. No, I finished that shit in two days. <laughs> Oh, my God. How? How did you do Because Jose was sick, and so we weren't oh, doing anything man. over the weekend. Well, I went and I saw Get Out, which was great. Oh, my God. I haven't seen that. Okay, so first oh, of so all, good. And then <laughs> we need to see that together because Chris doesn't want to go see it because he, he doesn't like scary movies. It's not that scary. That's what I mean. I figured it was not going to be that scary. It's like a mix between scary and comedy, right? It's like spicy ketchup. It's no, not going to be. Really that no? No. Oh. It's more it's more of like a psychological thriller kind of thing. Ooh. And there it is scary elements. There's a lot of suspense. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so good. Sorry. Okay, I would well. I want to go see it like ten more times. It was amazing. Okay. Yeah. We'll see it together or I'll go see it by myself one day. If it's not that that scary. I saw it by myself because Jose was sick and I was like, Well, I'm gonna go opening weekend. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> So I went by myself. I love those theaters with the reclining seats now. Oh, girl, yes. I chill back. Oh, it's the best. They just love fat people. I think that's what those seats are for. Right? Just stretch out. Seat for me. Finally. <laughs> theaters care about fat people, and it makes me happy. I'm like, we're your main constituents, bruh. Like, you need to care right? about us. We're all over that candy and popcorn. Please yes. let us in. You need more of us in you. <laughs> Just a general message to everybody. You need more. Let more fat people inside of you. So. Uh, okay. So anyway, I watched all of the grass. It was really good. I could talk about this for like 90,000 hours, but instead I will cut it down to it was delightful. It's the most, uh, the most realistic depiction I've ever seen of what it's like to be in high school, the good and the bad. So it shows teenagers making truly awful and stupid decisions, but it also shows them as like, people with a lot of heart 
and, you know, they're just trying their best. And they covered a lot of really important topics, but they did it really well. They did it with empathy and with the kids trying to help each other and like adults getting in when they needed to. They covered uh, like they covered race. They did a whole Gamergate thing for like several episodes. They had covered a lot of mental illness, drug abuse, abortion. Like they did the whole gamut. Half of the characters are like queer in some way. In the third season, they uh, bring in Syrian refugees that go to their high school. One of them's a lesbian. It's fucking amazing. This is just, Liz, you're, I'm sure you're salivating. This is just right up your alley. If you can I write know! Something. It's like teenage drama and social issues. Like, what the fuck? It was made for me. <laughs> yes, yes, it was. So this is my thing about how it is perfect. <laughs> the end, there's my story. <laughs> It was really shitty, and it was basically just me going, want to hear my opinions about teen dramas? I got a lot of them. Well, we both don't have stories, so... Yeah. Hey. <laughs> fill in those really gaps. Good <laughs> oh, really, my God. It's shaping up really well. Yeah, I think it is... I don't even know what to call it. I'm so fucking out of it. Anyway. Grab bag. Huh? <laughs> it's, a, it's a grab bag. Oh, of- okay excitement sometimes when i talk and you're talking you cut out don't you love you cut out too really ah fucking a well we'll see how this episode episode turns out okay hopefully we get this posted and it sounds pretty and all is well yeah it'll be fine okay so my story isn't really a story i'm back in school so um life is tough I'm excited. I'm going back for programming. So I'm going to like actually finish and not just do like random shit with programming. I uploaded my first project to GitHub last night. You know, you know, it's it's like, oh, look, I'm I'm a real person. Of course, it was like a hello world program, right? (laughs) It wasn't anything special, but I was like, hey, look, I'm a Java programmer now. Yay. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. I'm getting a little proud of myself. It's like I can do this. I never thought I was going to be good at programming because I was, I um, talked to people. Um, I can be charismatic and uh, I don't pay very good attention to detail. trying not to laugh no I always thought that you'd be good at it because honestly all you need to do to be a good coder is you have to like solving puzzles yeah that's exactly what it is because if it doesn't work and your debugger doesn't catch anything you have to figure out what went wrong so you yeah. kind of have to retrace your steps you can you might have to rework the code a little bit and then if you figure it out great if you don't you take a nap wake up and try it again and yeah hopefully you solve it <laughs> Coding is incredibly frustrating, but it's also like that high that you get when you get it to run. Yeah. And it all goes perfectly. And you're just like, I'm the smartest human being on the planet. It's so <laughs> true. Like even uploading my shit to GitHub because I've never had to do it through a terminal before through Git. So I'm working in Git and using these commands and I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> and half the time I'm getting it wrong. I'm doing it in the wrong order. And I finally got it right in the right order. And I refreshed my um, my repository on GitHub. And there it was. There was my code. I was like, ah, I 
I did it. I went and told Chris. I was like, I worked in Git and I used commands. I didn't have to use e-git or anything like that. I coded it myself. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about, but congratulations. I'm so proud of you. That's so awesome. Thank you. That is my story. I'm also taking political science, but that's just kind of like a bullshit class. So I can, <laughs> <laughs> so I can fill out my credits. I ha- it's a requirement. And I can focus on Java programming this semester. Get them general ed credits. Right. Right. Yeah, there's just some uh, steps, some things that are missing in my gen ed that I want to fill out. And then hopefully in the next year and a half, I will be, uh, I'll have my AS, Associates in Science. Yay! Okay. So it's probably incredibly audible. Both of my dogs are trying to get my attention right now, so I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that is okay. You're recording at home. My animals knock over mics and <laughs> meow into the fucking mic. It's okay. But he's also such a good audio engineer. He is. Cosby's amazing, man. He's been hooking up the podcast since, since we started. <laughs> it's been amazing. Oh, it's uh, so I did set up a Gmail account for us. Yay! And I and the Facebook page. I saw that. I was so happy. I was like, thank you, Liz, for doing what I actively <laughs> refuse to do, obviously, at this point, because I keep saying I'm going to do it, and I just keep forgetting. Well, I'm also, so uh, podcast listeners, you might be excited to find out that eventually Jasmine and I have talked about doing, you know, blog articles to go along with the podcast, anything that we didn't get in depth enough on, even just things to be like, hey, here's us citing our sources. So I'm setting that up as well. Um, but our Gmail is going to be the same thing as our Twitter and the Facebook. It's We Podcast Facts. Woo-hoo. So We Podcast Facts at Gmail, Facebook.com slash We Podcast Facts, and Twitter.com slash We Podcast Facts. So hit us up. Let us know how you feeling. How you Let doing? Us know we suck. Yeah, that too. Because it <laughs> happens. Which is never. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> Which yeah. is now. If we're going to talk about like a lull on <laughs> podcasting, it's definitely going to be tonight. Like we are. I'm already <laughs> fading right now. Yeah, we're struggling. So. <laughs> struggle cast. Episode That's 10. Like struggle cast. Oh my God. You have to name our <laughs> podcast. <the> episode title. <laughs> struggle cast. Struggle cast. Okay. Which goes along with the theme of Black History Month. Yes, we are going to... Oh, my God. <laughs> that segue, though. <laughs> okay, this so... Is why, this, is why I, this is why my nickname is White Noise. <laughs> uh, speaking of struggle cast, let's talk about Black History Month. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. No. That is fucking hilarious. So... Yeah, we wanted to talk about Black History Month a little bit. I think this is going to be the shortest podcast we've had since the bonus episode, but whatevs. Um, I wanted to talk about just some problematic things I've been seeing in my Facebook feed. Uh, One of them that made me particularly angry was, was the comparison between Black ridicule and Republican ridicule. Yes! Someone compared the first child to go into an integrated school. That whole that picture where it's like there's like the word the N word. I don't know if we can 
say it on the whatever we say it, we drop f bombs and talk about jizz when they say it, it says nigger in the background and it has the girl being escorted into school by two guards and they someone drew a picture of betsy davos with the same background except for it says like republican or some shit on the background and she's being escorted by guards and they juxtapose those two things to try and compare them as somewhat being the same like the ridicule the, and not just i don't want to just minimize it to just ridicule the the debasing of of black people as humans at that point you know just yeah. making it seem as less than human and comparing that to the republican ridicule that's going on i think that's extremely prob- problematic and extremely insensitive and you don't have a good grasp on history not just right. black history but world history yeah you know? and just, american history yeah i just I, I, that really made me upset because it made me see, oh, that's right. There are people who think that the black struggle, struggle can be compared to any hardship that you have in your life. Yeah. Oh, I didn't get accepted for this job because I didn't have a bachelor's degree. Man, you know what? I think I really know how black people felt in the 60s. Like, <laughs> please don't minimize the struggle and the fight that, uh, that my, I don't want to say my forefathers, but my people before me, had to endure in order for me to be able to be able to even talk on this fucking podcast yeah to compare republican ridicule to that and let's talk about republican ridicule for a second i and and if we have any listeners that are on the right side and they not the right side being the correct side but the right side being (laughs) the right political right on the right side politically Mm -hmm. i just don't i really don't understand the root of that the the reason that Republicans are getting so much backlash is because of their insensitivity to other people, to put it lightly. Most, of, most yeah. Republicans I'm talking to that would even dare to compare these two things would say, oh, well, you're just doing this because it's it, first thing is reverse racism, right? <laughs> That's the key factor, which isn't real. Sorry, not sorry. No. There's the, the, the second thing is, oh, well, you're just saying that because you're just so sensitive and what we're saying is offending you and therefore you're just out you're um treating us as outcasts because we have different opinions than you and it's not just a difference of opinion it's about and i think we said this in the last podcast it's not about a difference of opinion it's about republicans saying that their lives matter more than muslim lives that it matters more yeah. than black lives that it matters yeah. more than latino lives yeah. we're more important than you and that's why you're ridiculed because you go against anything that we've learned in history or about American government or American ideals. You were against everything that I learned in my government classes and my, in my American history classes. So you're ridiculed because you are, to me, fundamentally un-American. And you're going to have to accept that. So, so, so let's talk about some of the things that... Um, Republicans or conservatives will say in response to that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that we've both interacted with a lot of conservatives or Republicans. Um, most of my family is conservative or Republican. It's really just the people in my generation that are not. Um, but all my parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents, etc. cetera, uh, they are at least on a couple sides. Um, so something... <laughs> It's, it's a different spin that they like to put on it. Uh, one of the things is they'll be like, well, we actually, like, black people should be Republicans because, A, um, they're Christian, and Christianity goes well with 
being a Republican. And B, uh, it's condescending to, they're like, the Democrats just, um, <laughs> how do they put it? The, the Democrats want black people to be beholden to them by getting them addicted to government aid. And that's condescending. We believe that black people shouldn't be put down like that, that they can take care of themselves without the government and they don't need to be told any different. Yeah. Your response. My response. (laughs) What was the first one? (laughs) Uh, Well, the idea that uh, black people should be conservative because black are overwhelmingly Christian. Gotcha. Well, part of part of the Christian ideals that I kind of had to debug myself (laughs) from is is that our history and who we are as African Americans or or Belizean Americans or any shout out to what's up, Latinas, Afro Latinas. That's me. I hear you. I see you. I am you. What's up? Um. Yeah, I think that's and part of part of the indoctrination of slavery went through with went hand in hand with Christianity. So you're telling us to drink the Kool Aid because you're like, oh, well, the Kool Aid is good for you. You, you're Christian. You should go in line with these and and you should be in line with these ideals. Those same ideals can keep you in slavery mentally, physically, whatever. When I while I was a Christian, I felt like I was less than. Jesus was white. Most the majority of my congregation was white. And anything that made me black in the slightest was seen as bad, you know? I just felt, unless it was hip-hop culture, that's something that uh, youth Christians love. They love hip-hop culture, and that's about it. Yeah. If they even want to interpret it as a culture. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I don't know. My response to that, will my unabashed response to that or concentrated <laughs> response to that is I slavery doesn't sound great to me. So no, thank you. <laughs> Can I, I add on to that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Like, I mean like just, just to uh, flesh out what you said, because there's a lot of people who don't understand the actual history of um, how Christianity and American slavery go together. Gotcha. Okay. Is uh, that what happened? What happened was <laughs> um, uh, when people were first instituting the, the transatlantic slave trade, um, a lot of how they justified it for themselves, like the Europeans that were doing this, is they were like, well, the Bible, A, condoned slavery. Uh, they would pull out Bible passages that would say, you know, slaves, be faithful to your masters, which is what Jesus said. <laughs> and they'd be like, see, so Jesus is cool with it. Um, there's, you know, parts of the Old Testament that set out the rules for how to enforce slavery. Um, and in before people are like, oh, but it was different because it was more indentured slavitude. Well, actually, according <laughs> to the Bible, like if you were enslaving another Jewish person, if you were Jewish and you were enslaving another Jewish person, then it was in fact like indentured servitude. It was like a seven year thing. There would be the year of Jubilee and then you had to let him go. Uh, unless you used a specific rule and then like if you pierce their ear it was a sign of like oh no they're gonna be my slave forever and I can also enslave their family now if you were enslaving somebody who wasn't Jewish if you were enslaving anybody from your outside community 
it was hands like it was more like how we imagine American slavery in that it was about dehumanizing them. It was like, you are my property. I can like, if, when I die, you will go on to uh, be the possession of my family. Your family is my possession as well. Yeah. So I just want to make that clear because people will immediately be like, no, it's different. I'm like, okay, in this one instance that you're going to pull out, yeah, it was different, but not in the rest of what the Bible says. So yes, there are passages that will obviously say slavery is not cool, which black slaves in America brought up later. Mm-hmm. But there are also passages that people used to, uh, to justify it. And then yeah. once, and then once there were um, enough African slaves in the United States and also in the Caribbean, then, and in everywhere, yeah. <laughs> then uh, they, most of them were forced to convert to Christianity. And, uh, something that I think about a lot is this popular idea that people have of voodoo as being like this scary African religion that yeah. is all about like hurting people when in actuality, it's just an amalgam of Catholicism and, uh, traditional African religions. Mm-hmm. Like it incorporates Christianity and people don't get that. And for a reason, because it's like, oh, no, 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 you have to go all the way. It's not okay. Like, I mean, but it's also just continual racist ideals. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, even beyond that, I mean, even beyond the historically accurate definition of that, I think that Christianity, to me, taught obedience, and it taught me not to question. And if there's anything that's dangerous as a black person, it's to not educate yourself. It's to not ask questions. It's to keep your eyes ahead and have one one rich white dude tell you exactly what to do with your life. Oh, that's so crazy. It's almost right in parallel with the administration we're going on with that we have. Right hmm. now. Crazy. So um, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> and then uh, what about the argument of, the um, um, yeah. of how it's condescending and Democrats are just trying to um, get black people on the government teat and never let them go? What I think is... It's not funny, but I th- what I think is hypocritical is that the reason that black people are concentrated in ghettos and hoods and shit like that is because of Republican policies. And to say, to have the gall to say, oh, well, we have more respect for you. We don't want you on welfare. When you know damn well the reason that we're on welfare is you. Get, come yes! On. Come on. Like, we, my family and I were, we were on welfare for about three years. And I felt like if I just stayed there, I would be exactly where people would want me, you know, or exactly where Republicans would want me. That way they have the stereotype that they could use to get constituents and they would keep me from having any kind of power or any kind of say in the way my life goes. So as much as as much as I hear Republicans say, well, you you don't want to be on welfare. We want you to we want you to pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Well, when we're young money essentially we don't have a mommy and daddy to give us any any cash when we're strapped we don't have you know any kind of historical business roots we don't have that we have to make it for our own our own and when you cut our bootstraps we don't really have anything else to pull ourselves up by yes so i don't know i'm trying to process this at like (laughs) nine o'clock at night i'm sorry no, no, don't be sorry. That's why we're recording. I mean, I just I just need to form my words in the right way. 
Um, I think you do an amazing. I, I, well, I, I'm talking to you because I know that you know what I'm talking about. As far mm-hmm. as listeners are concerned, I don't know the depth of knowledge that they have as far as the link between um, uh, systematic racism and, and black poverty. I don't think maybe they just don't understand that or maybe they just don't believe it, which is like not believing that the sun is real. Like fact is fact. <laughs> but oh, oh, apparently that's not the deal anymore. But fact is still fact here on this podcast you know i think we could just put in the episode notes i mean here's the thing um and i say this as a white person who had to work incredibly hard to get educated about systemic racism and i had to work hard because i'm overcoming um the white privilege that was taught to me and the white supremacy that was taught to me not by like my parents (laughs) but the white supremacy that was taught to me by our culture yeah And uh, ultimately what I come out of it with is um, don't expect black people to educate you because that's fucked up. Like if somebody wants to help you out, that's nice, but you shouldn't do that. Like there's so much fucking work out there that you can go and read. There's a shit ton of great, great, great books um, that will go over it for you. (laughs) And it's like, you can do your own research, man. But at the same time, we should be as as the podcast or as we do with anything else, we break it down and we give you them resources. I feel like if there's any forum for me to break it down and be more less obtuse or less direct in that way, I feel like this should be that forum. And I just don't have the patience <laughs> to do it right now. I, I know fine. I say it every podcast, but I'm just, I'm at this point where I'm angry and I kind of have to calm myself down because I feel like whenever I hear something like that, it's, it's more, it's less of my, my opinion is different and more of, I don't give a shit about you. And even right. though I've kind of seen that in different aspects of my life, going, uh, going into school where people didn't really expect me to graduate, going into college where people didn't believe that I could go, I could be in IT, being in IT and people not believing that I knew what the hell I was talking about, being in my current position where I have to prove myself every day that I can accomplish my basic tasks that I've been doing for two years and educate people who, who think that they can talk to me and tell me how to do my job. And that's both as a black person and a woman. So yeah. I, I am, uh, I'm trying to digest what's happening in our country now and the fact that there are people, family and friends that are minimizing how dangerous this is to me and my loved ones, loved ones being family and friends too. I just, I, as much as I want to talk about Black History Month and talk about the issues, this is very touchy for me. And when I get emotional, I don't get logical. And that's not what facts and facts, facts on facts and facts <laughs> is about, guys. So, I do. Th- I think you're doing an amazing job, though. Thank you. I'm. I'm. I don't want to marginalize our listeners either, but I also want to make sure that I'm not. I'm not bullshitting you here. This is not yeah. where I'm going to do that. If you want to be baby, there are plenty other podcasts that you can go jerk off to. This is not one of them, okay? <laughs> All lives matter. All lives matter. <laughs> so, well, I want to I recommend a book. It's, I'm only in the middle of it right now, but it's already the most um, painful one that I've had to go through. But, you know, my pain is just so hard. No, but it's like this, it should be painful. And so I would recommend it to all of the non-black listeners that we have, um, especially white people, 
It's called White Rage. Let me look up the author. Uh, by Carol Anderson. It's called White Rage, The Unspoken Truth of Our Racial Divide. And I have already... Um, it's I mean, it's very graphic. So I, I have to preface that. If you, if you can be triggered um, by this kind of content, like maybe go at it real slow or don't do it. Because it talks really graphically in the terms of like, you know, lynchings. It goes into in graphic detail. Um, but it also beyond beyond that point when it was like so much overt violence, it also goes into um, the rest of it. <laughs> it goes into how we've been fucking over black people from the jump and, uh, you know, from beyond slavery into Jim Crow into um, segregation and the civil rights era and then et cetera and the um, and the prison industrial complex. So it's really, really good. Yeah, I would so, say that's a great educational tool. Watch 13th. Yes, watch, watch 13th. 13th. Start with the book, but watch 13th if you want a more current state yeah. of who black people are to the Republican Party and to America at this at this day and age. Um, I saw that and it was so emotional for me because it's like, oh, this is real. That's right. I'm not crazy. This is real. You know, this is this is exactly how the system is set up. And it was heartbreaking because it's like it because you. There's a, a kind of depression or sadness in the reality. But you kind yeah. of have to now I'm in like I'm going through the fucking grieving stages. Right. And I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> it's OK. I want, I want to bring up again about the grieving stages, something that my therapist said, which is so perfect. You know, the, the stages for anybody who isn't as obsessed with this shit <laughs> or hasn't been through it of denial, depression, bargaining, anger, and then acceptance. I may have gotten, I probably got the order wrong. Acceptance is supposed to be the end. But what she always says is fuck acceptance because <laughs> that's not realistic. Shoot for endurance. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we talked about right after the election that, and how we were all in this, like, collective mourning process. And, you know, that's what it is to be alive, honestly. Yeah. And 13th was so amazing. Ava DuVernay did a great job of getting a lot of diverse voices to speak on their own experiences and what they've seen. Um, and, I, and obviously, it's a, it's a very different experience of me watching it because it's really just things that I've witnessed. But, you know, I think it's very different watching it if, if you're a black person in America and you're like, oh, no, this is my life. Yeah. I mean, it's and it's for me, it's I'm I'm part of it. I'm on the outside looking in because I'm not a black man. There are some things that I don't have to experience because I'm not a black man. I feel like my brother and my uncle and my dad and the, the men that I care about. I feel like watching that I saw their struggle I saw their lives in a different way and it moved me so much I I had to I don't know I had to like break watching I had to whack, break up watching it and while I was watching it I found out one of my family members got arrested over bullshit over bullshit let's just <sighs> and uh I was like this is you can't explain this to someone else who, who hasn't had to deal with this situation, who's had the privilege of seeing a cop and not being afraid in that way or 
or walking down the street and not being afraid of being pulled over because you may look like a quote unquote criminal or people might think, oh, you look like the guy that robbed the grocery store. Let me check you out real quick and put you in the back of the car for no reason. Mm -hmm. It's hard to explain that because their retort is, well, were you, did you look like you were doing something wrong? They're asking that not understanding that it doesn't fucking matter at right. all. It doesn't matter at all. You being a black man means that you are probably up to some shit. You being a Latino man means that you are probably up to some shit. So one of the things that I really like that 13th brings up um, is, you know, is echoing Angela Davis's. Uh, oh, my God. She was so amazing. And oh, my yes. God. But, <laughs> yes. Echoing her whole thing about violence, because what I've seen in um Donald Trump's America, there's been a lot of discussions that essentially come down to tone policing protesters Yeah. of, uh, is violence okay? Is punching a Nazi okay? Is doing this and this and this okay? And it, you know, my two points on that are what we saw from the civil rights movement, um, is that your tone ultimately doesn't matter to the authorities because they will kill both MLK and Malcolm X. Yep. So ultimately it doesn't matter. That's what I, speaking of Black History Month, this is something that I tell everyone that wants to, because I've been talking openly about why black people are so angry and violent this, at this point and trying to get people to understand that there's a basis for this. No one, they, we've tried the peaceful route. We've tried the content route. We've tried the flea in the jar route and it's gotten us nowhere. So if we have Trumpsters that are saying they're going to get their guns and start shooting people, yeah. And we see black men dying at the hands of cops. What the fuck do you think we're going to do? You know, we're going to mobilize. And we see TPs being burned at Standing Rock by yeah. authorities and them laughing about it. What do you think is going to happen when you do shit like that? There's going to be there's going to be a, a violent and angry reaction. So, yeah, you can't really get mad at that. But my uh, as co-workers and other people that I talk to online which I shouldn't be feeding the trolls, but whatever. <laughs> Their retort is, well, uh, MLK got the job done without being violent. And I was like, remember that Did time he? where they fucking killed him? Yeah. Are we forgetting? Are we forgetting yeah. that? Uh, we're also forgetting that fucking Huey Newton and, yeah. uh, <laughs> and any, other, any other positive civil rights activists going back to fucking SNCC. People who, who joined SNCC and trying to get people, so get, getting black people to vote in the early 1960s. Yes. They were beaten, killed, lynched. They, yes. Peaceful or violent. The same route, the same end is the same. The, the, right. the end is the same. It doesn't make a difference except for to a white conscience. Yeah. I feel better about talking about MLK because that way it looks like we listened to someone who was loving and we made a change when that's not what went down at all. And no. never died. Sorry. And of course, they they like completely whitewash MLK anyway. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, like people totally cherry pick uh, like the more you know palatable to a white audience quotes. Yeah, they want to always bring up like he wanted us all to just get along, and he had a dream about everybody about a colorblind society, but which is not even true. No, not <laughs> but at that's all. What people want to take from it. They completely ignore, like, the entirety of the letter from a Birmingham jail. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like, they, no, people talk to me about MLK, and they don't even start with the letter from Birmingham jail. 
no, at all. Not. Or the other half of the I have a dream speech where it's a call yes. to arms. Come on. Yes. But that's okay. Because it's not okay, but I, I understand because that's the easiest route. People sometimes, like in physics, will take the path of least resistance. The problem <laughs> is being black in America is the complete opposite of that. Right. So if you feel that, and I know I put some of my family on blast on Facebook and on this podcast, but if you feel that I'm not struggling so no one else is struggling, you are narcissistic and you are sadly <laughs> mistaken. And I will tell you that to your face. I, I'm, please don't ridicule me and, my, and, my, and you, Liz, and my friends for protesting and standing up for other people and try to, say, see, try to make that as a fault and your retort to that or your qualifier for that is, well, I'm not struggling. Okay, right. <sighs> I mostly see this from people who have had, who, who are in money, have had money and have never had to deal with cops in a bad situation. I've never had to deal with the struggle. They're just like, oh, well, I've had it fine. And if you would have worked hard, you would have had it fine too. Completely, yeah. completely erasing the fact that it was hard for black people to even get housing yeah until fairly recently and they're still being shut out of a lot of housing yeah yeah i go with my husband places to look at houses and and condos to buy because i know if they see an interracial couple they're more likely to see us as serious if i go by myself they're less likely to see me as a serious buyer I, i know that you know the the flip side of what you were touching on Three seconds ago before the housing yeah. part. <laughs> I'm losing track of where we're going with this. We're going in great direction. That's where we're going. <laughs> Into the abyss. No. So we, it was, uh, you know, uh, of, of like diminishing your pain is, uh, I feel like there's a big narrative about how this election turned out on we on like we as liberals and democrats and progressives lost out because we weren't um giving enough credence to the pain of essentially um lower middle class white people and poor white people and um to that i say have we not been doing that since the jump <laughs> right i <laughs> i'm like Go read John Steinbeck and feel better about yourself. But (laughs) if you want to be catered to, just go read some Dust Bowl fiction, man. Like that's that's where I'm at about it. Because here's here's the thing: is uh, empathy is great. There needs to be a reciprocation of that empathy. Exactly. And if you aren't able to put it into perspective and something that I always say to white people who are um, really, really new to the idea of, well, white supremacy is a thing, well, white privilege is a thing, is, you know, when they'll come up with their reverse racism story, Mm. which usually goes exactly along the lines of like, well, one time I was at work and like this black girl was... No, this African-American woman was like a customer 
And she came up and she asked me for something, but like I couldn't help her. And I said, sorry, I can't help you. And she called me a white girl. And like, it really hurt me. And I like cried about it. And like security escorted her out. And I just really felt like racism was real, you guys. actually happened it was some american idol person right did you hear about this guy oh my god yeah bo bergdahl yeah oh, oh my hilarious. god fucking no. crying girl crying on camera no i'm referencing several stories that have been told to me oh <laughs> that is basically no. verbatim <laughs> from several people and i'm always like okay um you know your discomfort from that experience or you know how uncomfortable you feel when somebody talks about Trayvon Martin or when somebody talks about, you know, big issues that are affecting black people, you know, that discomfort you feel where you're like all of a sudden really aware that you're white. (laughs) The fact that like you almost never have to be aware that you're white. Yeah. That is what white privilege is. And that discomfort, which you may mislabel as pain, (laughs) but is really just being uncomfortable. That's like one drop of pain in an ocean of fuck. And that ocean of fuck is what other people deal with on a daily basis. So really try to put it into perspective. And so for me, that perspective is, look, I think it's true that there's a lot of people in our country that are hurting that, you know, I mean, I was a poor white person. And so I understand that, you know, those things aren't mutually exclusive, that there are a lot of poor white people in America and there's a lot of people that are just struggling. But again, you have to understand that your struggle should not be the number one thing that you're thinking about because you need to also care about everybody else's struggle. Your struggle should be a gateway to empathy for other people, not a roadblock to stop you from thinking about anybody else's perspective. Yeah. And it's like, your things aren't systematically killing you. Right. You're not the subject of state violence. <laughs> like maybe on a smaller scale, you're occasionally the subject of state of state violence, but at a much lesser rate, you know, I mean, white people and black people for the exact same crime are going to be incarcerated at wildly different rates. And, you know, unless there's another factor, like you're mentally ill, your chances of being murdered by a policeman are much smaller. I mean, I can go on and on. (laughs) The point is, the idea that we need to be paying so much more attention to this white pain is just another way of silencing the pain of people of color. Yeah, but that's, that's exactly what Trump was voted into office for. Right. No one's really looking at the white man for some reason you believe that (laughs) (laughs) no one really cares about the white man i mean it's like for thousands of years (laughs) i don't focus has been on white men and like now they're getting 99 percent of the focus instead of 100 and they're like whoa yeah like some people really believe that women and people of color have it better than white men they really believe that because they see that, oh, well, if I say something as a white man, then I'm automatically wrong. It's like, no, it's probably because you're an asshole, but we don't have to go into that. <laughs> you know? 
There are several white men in my life whom I love. Thank you. My husband, for one, he's a white man. You know what? He's not a fucking idiot. And he's compassionate. (laughs) I mean, yeah, he does his research on on issues. He listens when I talk about my issues rather than tell me how I should feel. He is the epitome of what I would expect from any other white man. I think that's why I'm so angry is because he sets a standard that I don't get really with anyone else. That kind of understanding, that openness, and that we had to work on that too. Like Liz knows that that wasn't always the case on both ends. But I that that comfort and that that safety that I feel with him, I feel like I should be able to attack the world with that, or, or not attack the world, you know, not Pokemon style. <laughs> you can take on the world. Take on the world. Um, which which is part of the Girl Meets World theme song, which is another great television show. Did not watch that at all. Liz told me to, and I did not, but I will listen one day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think that there are white men that are better, but don't be the less, don't be the lesser of that and expect people to treat you like you are, like you're great. You're not going to get accolades as much as white dudes like to tell, (laughs) or older white dudes in particular, like to tell uh, millennials oh you guys got a trophy per, for participation well white dudes have been getting that for a while you know what I mean right like, I'm not going to give you one for being less of a human being so yeah also who's the people who are giving out the participation trophies <gasps> you know yeah <laughs> is, it, is it is the answer white dudes is it is the answer white dudes is that who's anyone older than us so it's like <laughs> what is the same people yeah. who are just like these youngins and their participation trophies. How? I'm like, you bought that shit. Thank you. How old were our is buying his own participation trophy? Not none of them. <laughs> right. How old were our teachers when they were giving us those participation right? trophies? How old were our parents if they were fighting for that? Like, come on. And something I think about a lot is that, uh, you know, if you go back 10, 15 years, when the news articles were about millennials, they weren't about like millennials are ruining our economy. Da, 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 da. It was about like, wow, we're putting a lot of pressure on millennials. Their backpacks are so heavy. And I it was remember, about protecting yep. it. Back when we were their children, <laughs> it was about protecting us. And then the minute that we go out into the workforce and are now a, a financial threat and an economic threat, then it's like, ooh, this is how we're ruining the world. Yeah. Yep. I believe that. <laughs> I had um, <laughs> I had some spoken word. <laughs> All right, and that's a podcast, guys. Uh- no, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't write any of it, <laughs> but I think I can do it justice with my white girl voice. Ooh, oh, oh, so. no, no, no! I wanted to talk about the Black Panthers versus the KKK really quick. Oh shit! No, do that. That's way more. So boring. this was the second thing that really pissed me off, where someone posted on. Uh, they were commenting on something on CNN and they're like, oh, you realize that the Black Panthers are basically like the Black KKK. Wrong on so many levels. Let's not talk about the the absolute hate and violence that the KKK stands for. But let's just talk about the good that the Black Panthers have actually done for the for not just the black community. Let's get that straight. The Black yeah. Panthers were pro anyone who was marginalized or who were being, quote unquote, held back because of their race or their gender. Yeah. So they were inclusive off the bat, unlike the KKK, who were anti anything that wasn't white. So yep. let's just start there. 
But the Black Panthers did a lot for the communities that they were in. They opened up health centers and they had door to door health services for the people in their community that couldn't have, didn't couldn't pay for it or didn't have access to health care. Um, excuse me. They had you're, a free what? You're excused. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> They had a free breakfast program for children where they were feeling like 10,000 kids a day who couldn't get uh, breakfast at school. Um, and they they wanted to build the black community and not just the black community, but their communities that they were living in. They wanted to be wanted it to be better. So the hoods and the ghettos that you tell us that, oh, well, you know, you're killing each other. You're you're out of work and blah, blah, blah. What is, I don't know what else, what else racist shit Trump says, but whatever. <laughs> These are the communities inner cities. that... Yeah, these are the communities that they wanted to build from the inside out, much like the organizations that you see in Chicago that are trying to work within their community to end violence and to provide food and provide services. Unlike, yes! our, <laughs> unlike our president who just uses it, as, uses it as an arguing point. So I think that the Black Panthers showed us how to protest correctly. Now, some people say, well, you're skipping over the violent part. I... I'm, you know what? Maybe you're right. I'm skipping over it. Let me talk about it for a little bit. The Black <laughs> Panthers were violent because of the same reason why I feel like people are stand- at Standing Rock might be violent or people of color are violent again. They feel like they're, the peaceful route will only keep them in poverty, will only keep them in, in an obedient state, will only keep them dependent. And I feel like if you want to punch a Nazi punch a Nazi (laughs) and I feel like that same kind of violence and that anger isn't just reserved isn't just for black people at this point that's okay dog's got something to say I like that Jake is supporting you my hype man Jakey Jake I mean that's as close as Jake can get to like putting his paw in the air (laughs) (laughs) yeah I I I, uh, I'm very very anti (laughs) Um, comparing the Black Panthers to the KKK. And I feel like, again, just like comparing Black ridicule to Republican ridicule, I think that's just a privileged and uh, um, narrow... And, and, uh, there's another word for it, but I can't think of it because it's after nine. <laughs> it's just that you don't have a full grasp of history in general. Because yeah. even the the history we got in when we were in Mr. Smith's class... Or when I was a fucking freshman, the history that I got taught me more. And it was just like, you know, frosting of civil rights. You know what I mean? It was a lot. Right. It was a lot more than what these people are taking in. They're not taking in that history. So when you see me post, um, I post articles about black people talking about when they first felt that they were black or pictures of what what it was really like to to be a part of the civil rights movement or pictures of violence against black people or um, black activists and their um, and their body bags. It's because I'm showing you what the movement looks like, and I'm right. showing you what this movement might possibly look like. So, hopefully not. And then what I've also seen people do, which um, immediately sets me into a, a white hot rage, is <laughs> calling Black Lives Matter the Black KKK. Uh, yeah, it's pretty much. How, though? How? I don't... You you know these people don't have logic. You know they don't have solid arguments. 
That's true. I mean, these are the people that are ignoring the resurgence of the actual literal KKK in this country. The people who would say that, you know, isolated incidents are all that is happening right now, that we're not seeing a resurgence of hate crimes countrywide, that we're not seeing a resurgence of anti-Semitism. And yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. I mean, like these are the people who refuse to you know, color in the lines, refuse to connect these dots and see how the hateful rhetoric that is coming out of this messy-ass bitch of an administration is fueling people that were already halfway there, that were already like, you know what? Um, I also low-key believe in white supremacy. (laughs) Yeah. People who would have been a small percentage at first are a larger percentage now because they feel like they have an administration that reflects their views, whether yeah. it's like just fundamentally. And they feel like people that, that people of color are, are anti them. They feel like they're the enemy. So they want to feel yeah. like they belong again. And then they'll be like, really, black people should just be Republicans. because da, 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 da. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Oh, no. My other favorite is the KKK was started by Democrats. Uh, okay and back to history right guys back to history because i guess that southern strategy thing didn't happen i i don't understand i these are things that we learned in high school how is it that you forget i don't even i why am i even asking that fucking question fake news (laughs) i'm asking myself this question as someone who who took their education and absorbed it (laughs) not everybody no not everybody does that because if it doesn't fit their rhetoric and it doesn't fit their bias then they don't accept it education or not fact or not i mean these are people who'll be like we're the party of lincoln but also deify reagan yes (laughs) i the dissonance in that i just don't get it and I don't, I think I don't try to anymore. I know I said it before on maybe on the last podcast or the one before that. I do not try to understand um, the side of a Trump supporter. I do not try to understand the side of a racist. I do not want to understand the side of a bigot. Your side does not need to be um, broken down any further. I think it is the yeah. basest, the, the, the most simplest of things. I understand where you're coming from already. And it has nothing to do with positive vibes for anybody else but yourself. So, Yeah, I'm not here to give a platform to people that want uh, you or me dead. Yeah. For our identities. I'm not here for that, man. Sexual identity, (laughs) racial identity, any of that. If it's outside of what they feel is like the Adam and Eve white norm, you're fucked. Heteronormativity is a hell of a drug. Man, it shit. <laughs> <laughs> People get elected off of that shit. Highest yep. office ever. On that note, um, before I go into my amazing spoken word that was not actually written by me, I swear it's really funny. I swear it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> the only the only thing that I uh, wanted to contribute, because um, I had to make it about me, to our Black History Month. <laughs> white noise podcast was uh, I wanted to go over some um, queer black people throughout history who changed the game and who need the recognition. Uh, So I'll just go through a real quick 
there's a list that I'm going off of, and I think they did a great job. <laughs> so I'll just give a couple seconds to everybody. But honestly, they deserve hours and hours and hours. So please go look everybody up. Number one, my main girl, Bessie Smith. Hey, hey. Uh, people should know that I'm a huge lover of really early blues and jazz. Root blues is my favorite genre of music because I'm weird. <laughs> it, I've, I've never heard anyone say that. <laughs> Just me. <laughs> no, honestly, one of the times I was the most turned on by Jose <laughs> is when he made like a blues reference and was like, hey, can we go listen? And I was like, yeah. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> like five years into our relationship and I was just like well panties dropped we're good anyway (laughs) (laughs) back to my girl Bessie Smith Uh, (laughs) people may not know uh, people who are fans of jazz may not know that she was queer she was uh, she hooked up with a lot of hot girls back in the day (laughs) and her husband did not like it but what are you gonna do Uh, well back then yeah what were you gonna do (laughs) (laughs) so people some people think that she may have been hooking up with ma rainey who was uh like her mentor another amazing artist oh yeah yeah but i had Uh, no idea of like the i mean the correlation yes but the sexual correlation okay anyway anyway and then, you know, Queen Latifah did play her in the 2015 HBO biopic, Bessie. Yes. Amazing. Okay, so anyway, Bessie Smith is amazing. Go listen to all of her music. Uh, there's other... Oh, shit. No, I don't have time. I don't have time. But there's other... <laughs> there's other early blues artists, uh, women, who were, first of all, fucking fantastic and also queer. So jump into that. Um, and then going into the civil rights movement, there was Bayard Rustin who was one of MLK's besties and was also a gay man. I'm getting super excited. I'm so happy. (laughs) Uh, He was just a huge badass. He was part of the inner circle. He was one of the key people that actually planned uh, the march on Washington. Um, Super fucking amazing. (laughs) Whereas there's a quote by him. Uh, later on, like in the mid eighties, especially when the AIDS crisis was happening, that's when he switched his focus from being, um, solely about black liberation to also, um, going in on gay rights. And so one of his quotes is he said, it is in this sense that gay people are the new barometer for social change. The question of social change should be framed with the most vulnerable group in mind, gay people. So this was him after he sort of felt like, okay, we have a little bit of a hand, (laughs) on where black people are moving. Yeah. And as a black gay man, he's like, we also have to care about this other side of my identity. Yeah. And then my girl, Audrey Lord. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, yes. Sorry. I'm my queen, my I, everything. <laughs> I didn't think I'd get this happy about Liz's list of people. I was like, eh, blah, blah, blah. No. Because they're, they're such badasses. They and it's are. like, I mean, these are the people that need to be talked about more in Black History Month anyway. Yes, that's very true. And they're, and they're already like good voices. And I think people know who they are. But a lot of people, at least for the people I've talked about so far anyway, a lot of people don't also think about the fact that they're queer. Yeah, because that's something that they don't, that's never really talked about because you're talking about them in, in the 
under the umbrella of civil rights, not just civil rights for gay people, but in particular civil rights for black people. Right. And no one really understands that you can be black and queer. You can fight for both. Intersectionality, maybe. Uh, okay. All right. <laughs> I'm not interrupting. Uh, no, no, no. So one of the best things about Audre Lorde is that she was specifically speaking up against um, white feminism back in the day and pointing out and making people angry <laughs> because she was just saying, hey, like, you know, I'm with what you're saying, but also um, you're kind of not getting the fact that your experience is your experience and that when you add into it, like not just being a woman, but being a black woman, it's a little bit different. Yeah. And it's almost you're like kind of silencing us. Ended. It's almost as if that never ended. Yeah. <laughs> and those conversations still happen to this day. Yep. Uh, so she was a poet, um, extremely talented. And one of her most famous poems was a love letter called To Martha, A New Year. And that's when basically when everyone's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> we get it. We understand. We get now. it. We got you. We got you. <laughs> Um, and then someone who you could never forget that they're queer. So moving on the rest, I think, mm, yeah, most of the rest of the list is like, you know, before it was people who were like prominent, but they, uh, mostly prominent for being black and not necessarily for being queer. Now we're moving into another part of the list, (laughs) which is people who you could never forget. Marsha P. Johnson, my girl. (laughs) (sighs) So beautiful such good fashion also she was not afraid to throw down (laughs) so she was uh like so what people forget like in the queer communities there's not enough focus on the fact that you know you we look back at stonewall as being like a big turning point uh but people don't recognize the fact that that was really organized and like in that moment and the moments that followed was really organized by transgender black women. <laughs> and so one of the main women who um, became one of the main voices at that time was Marsha P. Johnson. Uh, she was amazing. Um, again, she threw down at Stonewall and then helped. Uh, she became involved with ACT UP in the AIDS uh, crisis. And her death in 1992 was originally ruled a suicide, but activists had been helping to fight that and point out that it was much more likely a homicide. Uh, This is the right moment to point out, as I have many times on this podcast, that um, if you are a transgender person of color, currently the average age of death is like mid-30s. So that's a huge issue. Um, But anyway, she's amazing. (laughs) I'll go through the rest quickly. I know I said I'd be quick and then I lied. (laughs) James Baldwin. Oh, yeah. That's right. So excited to watch I Am Not Your Negro. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my God. I'm so excited to watch it. Uh, So everybody should know who he is right now if you're on Facebook and get ads because I get ads (laughs) for the upcoming documentary every five seconds. Um, he was everything. <laughs> it's not fair to say. Uh, he was a big voice um, in New York and spoke all over the world. Um, oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm trying to like get through everybody really quickly. But anyway, so go watch his documentary soon because he's amazing. 
And then uh, Janet Mock, who is another transgender woman of color, but she is um, one around currently, and Laverne Cox, everybody should know who they are, uh, the most amazing people in the world. They are just, they're, they're, they're the trans activists that we should be paying attention to. And uh, I'm still mad that that one article said Caitlyn Jenner was a big trans activist. Oh my God. Is she, <laughs> the problem is, sorry, I always interject, but the problem is she acts like it. She acts like she's the main voice for the trans community when nobody invited her to the damn party. Like nobody said, what's up girl? Why don't you come in? Like she's making like, okay, let's talk about her. Her support of Trump. Support of Trump. And then and this then- bitch had the gall to record a video saying, This is too far, Trump. That you can't do this. You voted for him. You said it's gonna work out, y'all. Don't worry about it. I got money. You might not have money, that's cool, but I got money and he's gonna be for me. Well, you forgot you were transgender. Bummer. And you know what a lot of people pointed out to her was I know you keep saying everything's going to be okay. And it's like, and for you, it probably will be okay because you're rich and you're white and you're a celebrity. But for a lot of people, it's not going to be okay. And so, you know, I support Caitlyn Jenner doing her thing. I support her, um, you know, going through her new life. I support her uh, embracing her gender identity uh, but she also needs to learn when to sit down occasionally. Thank you. <laughs> Listen, once, like we all do. But if people keep crowning her the voice of the trans community, she's going to keep feeling like she can speak for everyone when and really she, she doesn't have the right to. And I think that Janet Mock kind of understands that. And I feel like Laverne yes. Cox kind of understands that. Even though they both do appearances and talk about the trans community, they understand where the line is drawn, where their yeah. experience is ended. And then they can't talk about someone else's experience. And they yeah. say that. And they, they also make note that, hey, I am someone, I am a trans person that is palatable, meaning that I look more like a woman. So people are going to treat me differently. Not every trans person is like that. And they're more apt to receive violence and they're more apt to be discriminated against. Yeah. And that needs to be recognized too. Something that fucking Caitlyn Jenner has not talked about at all. One, one good thing is I haven't watched her show, but what I know about it is that her show does lift up the voices of other transgender women and so I think that's good the fact that like her entourage in the show is like made up of people that do know better and you know spoke spoke up against her in the show when you know she said that she was supporting Donald Trump so at least there's some stuff going right but mostly she and a lot of people uh, need to learn when to stay in your lane yeah I agree, but you can't say that when we have a celebrity president. What yeah, lane? that's true. Fuck what lane? So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I will move as quickly as I can. I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this thing. You can't stop All me. Right. It's really fucking hilarious. <laughs> and then we should probably stop the podcast. Yeah, maybe we don't have too much substance, so. <laughs> So um, I will just have to post this whole thing on our website, but it was amazing. And this is just a thread on Tumblr that several amazing users added to. (laughs) Started off with an anonymous uh, comment to user uh, post-racial comments. (laughs) Anonymous said, these Anons are like, 
Can I be racist in the rain? Can I be racist on a train? Can I be racist in a box? Can I be racist with a fox? <laughs> and so several amazing users. Let me just read their, uh, <laughs> their names first. There was Anthony, Fanthic, <laughs> White Oppression, <laughs> Incognito, Surreal Experiences, The Soft Ghetto. That's great. Laxadaisical lexicon and logs of glasses. Now let me read all of their editions because it was amazing. <laughs> and I'll read it in my white girl voice. Okay, yay. And um, I won't say the N-word, which was written out. I'll just say the N-word. Okay. <laughs> as long as I'm staying in my lane. All right. <laughs> How can I be racist if I work with blacks? How can I be racist if one of them sold me slacks? I'm not racist. I'm just like you. I'm best friends with a black or two. (laughs) I'm not racist. You see, it's just a preference. I love Eastern culture and it's women's deference. The West lost its way with no room for clemency. If I love Asian women, how's that white supremacy? I'm not a racist. I can't be, you see. My great-grandma's grandma grandma was part Cherokee. (laughs) Plus, one time I got called cracker to my face. Don't we all bleed red? I don't even see race. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not racist. Blacks just need to stop complaining. Living in the past and white people blaming. I work hard. No handouts for every little fraction. If white privilege isn't fair, then how is affirmative action? (laughs) I'm not racist, man. I'm just right wing. (laughs) Plus, reverse racism is totally a thing. It's not about power check, the definition. Slavery wasn't an evil thing, just asset acquisition. (laughs) (laughs) How come I can't... I know, it gets real. Yeah. (laughs) How come I can't say the N-word? It just means brother. And ain't I a brother from another mother? (laughs) I don't use the E-R, so it's a total difference. You blacks give good white people such hindrance. (laughs) We can't handle spicy foods. Your jokes make me sad. (laughs) See, if I joked and called you an N-word, you'll be mad. You black people think we're always out here to ruin your day. Look, not all white people. Okay. <laughs> they were stretching with the okay. I know. There's just two more and then it'll be done, I promise. Okay. I can say the N-word because of freedom of speech. <laughs> and y'all always forget what MLK preached. White privilege ain't real because my life is hard. If you want to stop racist, don't play the race card. (laughs) Finally, blacks can oppress. Shoot, they've oppressed me. I was the only white kid and the blacks were so mean. So I called one the N-word, but clicked a non first. Yeah, racism is real, but like, I've had it worse. (laughs) Oh, man. The scary part is, is that these are... I've heard all of that! Yeah. We've heard this before. 
in all seriousness, not as a yes. fucking poem. No. Okay. That's what I was dying. Ugh. As long as we're on the subject, my favorite dumb shit somebody once said to me was, it's oppressive to say people of color because white is a color too. In fact... He gets it. Oh, yeah. Jake did not like it. Oh shit! <laughs> so uh, I live next to the college, and Jake likes to protect us. So, so this person literally said that, and then goes, "In fact, white is all the colors." Oh god! First, oh my god! And that's just science. No, oh my god! Okay, yeah, you absorb all of the colors into yourself and pretend that it's a part of you. Absolutely. And reflect back none of the knowledge. <laughs> Good job, bitch. You're right. You're right. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? I know. On that note, we should probably stop recording. Yeah. We... <laughs> yeah. I think we covered a lot of good ground. We did. And we're both fading if you can't hear it. <laughs> so, we're watching it happen to each other yeah i'm leaning all into this desk liz is getting closer to her mic for once <laughs> hello <laughs> yeah well so. i guess i just want to reiterate uh once again that donald trump is a messy ass bitch messy as fuck uh his administration continues to be um frightening and fucked up and um, incite violence. So that's, yeah. there you go. Oh, we didn't talk about the, um, did you hear about what happened out here in Anaheim? Yes. Yeah. We'll talk about that on the next podcast, though. I do want to talk about that when I'm not tired as fuck. I want to be able to attack that with all, all the fervor I have in my 5-2 frame. Oh, I'm a hobbit. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. Review, rate, subscribe. <laughs> and follow us at We Podcast Facts. Yeah, follow us everywhere. On all the things. All the things. <laughs> Email us with questions and things you yes. want us to cover because we're boring bitches. There's only so much we can think of. You know, what are we, creative? No. No. <laughs> if you think of something that you want us to talk about, let us know. Email us at wepodcastfacts at gmail.com. Um, tweet at us. I think we also have a Facebook page. Yeah. Silence. Okay. Yes. Yeah. We I think I got to make it public, but, um, but yes, it's real we do. As fuck. <laughs> we do have one. You'll find us eventually. I'll have it all over my Facebook fa- page if we're friends and I'll uh, make sure to tweet it or Liz will make sure to tweet it on the, we, pa- we podcast facts, Twitter, but yeah, <laughs> get in touch with us. Let us know how you're feeling. What you think? about the podcast i know i have friends that listen so message me let me know i think this may be the first episode where we haven't um sung in it unnecessarily oh that's so true it's only because we're tired i'm only i'm attributing it to that i was singing the whole time but in my head we did no we did start the podcast with the song damn it but we didn't record it (gasps) i recorded it but i deleted it we did all that song that's just a teaser, though, because we're going to have a really special intro at some point. Eventually. Just... Oh, shit. <laughs> I broke it. No! Oh, well.
on that note. <laughs> yeah, well, the secret's out. So I hope you guys Here enjoyed our song last week. Let us know how you <laughs> feel about that. Oh, my God. That was so embarrassing. I, the whole time I was like, I am not Pharrell. I am not Pharrell. I am no kind. We're like the Lonely Island, but mediocre. Yes. Less than <laughs> mediocre. Let's just be real. All right. Less than mediocre is the name of our album. Oh, my God. <laughs> my, if, you look, if you try to find me on like Snapchat or anything like that, or even on Twitter, my, my motif is mediocrity. <laughs> my name is Mediocrity Now on Snapchat because that's who I am. I think I'm going to change my Twitter handle to that, too. <laughs> to so Mediocrity good. Now because it's who I am. <laughs> Oh my god. And I am, of course, on Twitter at L is tired. Yes. Because I am. Literally. All day, every day. Tired All right. of bullshit. Good night, tired everybody. Night. All right, okay, yeah. We're, we're babbling now. This is what we do on phone conversations. <laughs> I know. All right. I think we're really gonna end it now. I <laughs> okay. swear. I swear. Okay. Bye. Good night, mommy. Don't trust my CS bitch. <laughs> <laughs>